old songs that hopefully some of you all will know. If you do, just sing right along with them. Well, I just want to thank you, Lord, for every time you've heard me pray. Just want to thank you for always being there. When I was so down and out, you came along, made me want to shout. I just want to thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. If I had a thousand lives to live, I'd give them all to my Lord. He's been so good to that is the least I could afford. He's made good times outnumber the bad. Been the best friend I've ever had. Just swore to thank you, Lord, thank you, of God are fed. He invites his chosen people, come and die. With his manna he doth feed and supplies our every need. Oh, tis sweet to sup with Jesus all the time. Come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. Multitude turned the water into wine. To the hungry calleth now, come and die. The disciples came to the land, thus obeying Christ's command. For the master called to them, come and die. 
they, they found their heart's desire, bread a fish upon the fire. Oh, tis sweet to sup with Jesus all the time. Come and dine, the master calleth. Soon the lamb will take his bride to be ever at his side. All the host of heaven will assemble to me. Oh, twill be a glorious sight when the saints in spotless white, there they found their heart's desire. Come and die. Jesus all the time. He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. To the last call to them, come and dine. Come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. good to see you in worship. It's good to be back, right? We hated to miss last sun Saturday, but we, uh, you know, we just recently started a choir, and many of you have been in the choir, and I think we were having maybe our fifth or sixth time ever singing in a choir, and seven people contracted COVID who were singing in the choir two weeks ago today. So, we erred on the side of caution and we canceled our services all of last week, but everybody is in recovery right now and we're so glad. But we at Shades of Grace always are a safe sanctuary policy in many, many ways. And health is one of those things that we take very seriously to try to look out for each other, especially in these days. So, but we are really glad to be back in worship today. And if you're glad to be here, put your hands together in thanksgiving to God. <laughs> Miss D, how are you today? She was one of those uh, in the number, Landon, and so many folks who came down with COVID, but we're glad you're all doing better. Landon is doing better today, and we're grateful for that. We have a lot of prayer requests. Deborah Sparks, who is one of our virtual members, she and her husband contacted us just a little while ago this morning, and both of them have COVID, and I think someone in their family that they're caring for as well. And then I had another call this morning of someone not associated with our congregation at all who has COVID, but it's out there, and we're just trying to ask everybody to be mindful of that. We also want to pray for Virginia, Dolores, Marilyn, Nikki, and Nikki. We have two ladies associated 
with our church, both whose names are Nikki, both who uh, were in the hospital at the same time this week. One of them is home, the other is not. Pray for Pastor Regina, for Grady, who is home from the hospital now, but is in need of some more uh, rehab. For Pastor John and Peggy Hackney, and for Reverend George Odell, and several other unnamed needs. If you would like to represent a need in your family or in your community or your circle of friends, would you just put your hand up and say, God already knows my need and I'm lifting it up today. And so we lift each of those up. And for all of you who are joining us on Sunday afternoons in our virtual congregation, you may type in your prayer request also so that we might know how to pray for you. And we also pray for all of our homeless friends, all of those who are addicted, and those who have mental challenges. As Oscar always tells us when he sings, pray for those who are dealing with depression and addictions. So we lift up all of these needs today and let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious and loving God, it is with gratitude that we bow our heads this morning in this place of worship. We're so thankful that we're able to come back in today in safety and share together in the fellowship of your love, your forgiveness, and your grace. We thank you that your mercies are new every morning, and so we begin this new day with a new round of mercy. We ask you to bless all in our congregation, all of our loved ones, friends, and neighbors, all who are dealing with any kind of special needs, and especially for those who are brokenhearted and who have suffered losses during these days. We pray for our nation. We pray for our world. We pray for the church universal, the church in the world, that we might truly reach out and be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. These things we pray in your most holy name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. We do have Officer Jim with us today, as we do each Saturday have an officer in our presence. And we do have a couple of friends from West Virginia who are visiting with us today, and I hope that you are welcome. We know that West Virginia is almost heaven, and there's only one place almost closer, and that's Shades of Grace, okay? And I think all of us feel that way who are here. But God bless you. We welcome you today, and we're glad you're able to worship with us, okay? All right. And you're looking happy today. All of you uh, look glad, all right? So we're, we're glad you look glad, okay? <laughs> all right. Uh, it's so good. Len, and what have you got that we can just begin something with today? Uh, a little chorus or something in worship. And I never know what he's going to pull out of the hat, so if we know it, we'll sing it with him, okay? When the Savior reached down for me When he reached way down for me I was lost and undone Without God or his Son
singing today, so give the Lord thanks. I saw them giving food to the hungry at Shades of Grace in Kingsport, Tennessee. Someone looked my way and asked who are they? I said, it looks like Jesus to me. It looks like Jesus to me. It looks like what he's called us to be. I think that's what he'd do if he were me and you. When we love the broken people that we see It looks like Jesus to me I saw him at the altar Sunday morning He lived his life out loud for all to see I watched them surround him, pray with their arms around him, love him like he's family. It looks like Jesus to me. It looks like what he's called us to be. That's what he'd do If he were me and you When we love the broken people that we see It looks like Jesus to me Have you ever wondered what he looked like? His hands, his eyes his face, his hair. Could it be he gives you and me a glimpse of himself when we show someone we care? It looks like Jesus to me. Looks like what he's called us to be. I think that's what he'd do if he were me and you. When we love the broken people that we see. When we love the broken people that we see. 
looks like Jesus to me. It looks like Jesus to me. Looks like Jesus to me. All right, we're going to read some scriptures just now from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, and you'll find those words before you today. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed the sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You. Everybody say you. Now say me. Do you get the point? You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, Jesus said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven. He gave thanks and he broke the loaves. And then he gave to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. Again, everybody say, I will give them something to eat. That's the song that we just heard. It looks like Jesus to me. Usually we think about this story here, and it's found in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the feeding of the 5,000 plus people, because the men were counted, but there were women and children also present that day. So we count that as one of Jesus' great miracles. And in some cases, people think of this as probably his greatest miracle. You know, he did a lot of them. You know that, right? Can anybody tell me what the first public miracle that Jesus did was? He turned the water into wine. We heard that song, Come and Dine, the Master calleth, Come and Dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. Yes, David, I heard that old song too. And Jesus calls, Come and Dine. He turned the water to wine. He walked on the water. He's healed people here and there, and he's even raised folk from the dead. And so today we're talking about this multitude of people who were satisfied. We think how in the world could Jesus take just a couple of fish and a few small loaves of bread to feed so many people? Now, when you think of a loaf of bread, what do you think of? Maybe one of those... Uh, what are they called, Sarah Lee, or Sunbeam, or Rainbow, or some of those that are easily sliced and wrapped. 
Or you might think of maybe a, a loaf of French bread, the long, lean loaves. But in the days of Jesus, so the scholars believe that they were just very small loaves of bread, probably not bigger than what people in northeast Tennessee and maybe West Virginia would call a cathead biscuit. You ever heard that term? Okay. Betty, I bet you cook a good bedhead. Nope. Cat, that's a tongue twister. Cathead biscuit. Y'all ever had those? Those great big ones. So that's probably about what the loaves of bread were that the people were bringing with them that day. And also the fish could have been what we think of, maybe almost like sardines, very small fish. Carol Woody is here with us today, and she traveled with me a few months ago to the Sea of Galilee. And did you try the fish there that day? Yeah, we had the, we had the fish at the Sea of Galilee, head, eyes, all, all of it. I mean, you just take it all. And one dear lady laid a napkin across the eyes of her fish because she couldn't stand to eat it while it was looking at her. Okay, so the stories that we can tell. But we should never read this story of the feeding of the multitudes of people without including that equation of human participation. Now we know that God can do whatever God wills to do, right? Nothing shall be called impossible with God. In the beginning, God created. So we know that God has all power in heaven and earth. But how many of you know that in many, many of the miracles, if not most of them, Jesus required participation of people who were nearby. Not too long ago, I preached a message about the paralyzed man who needed healing and the crowd was so great that they couldn't get him to the front door of the house. Remember that? It was noise abroad that Jesus was in the house. And so the four men climbed up on top of the roof and laid aside the thatch roof and then they got ropes and they lowered the man down into the midst of the house where Jesus was. They raised the roof that day for Jesus. And so it required participation of people. Church requires participation of people because first of all, church is not a building. I am the church. You are the church. We're going to be talking a little bit later about the universal church, the worldwide church of every race, of every creed, of every nationality. We're one in Christ. We're one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. You know, last week was a good example, last Saturday. We did not get together here because of those who were very sick. Some of them were really sick with the COVID, and so... We did not come together in the building, but that did not cause the Church of Jesus Christ to cease being in existence, right? I'll bet wherever you were, wherever I was, we still let our little light shine, as Oscar says. And we were still doing the work of ministry. You see, it's not about a building at all. And church is community. A community can be as small as two or three persons. And it could be as vast as thousands of persons. So it doesn't matter how many. The Lord said, were two or more come together in my name, I will be present and you will be the church. 
And Jesus said, Upon this rock I build my church, and the gates of hell shall never prevail against it. Aren't you thankful for that today? That as the church, everybody say with me, or under your breath, or in your thoughts, or however you want, I am the church. I am the church. We are the church together. And so we are overcomers. We are victorious. And the word can't should not be very often in our vocabulary. Amen? How many times have you said, well, I can't do that. We can't do that. But yes, we can. And already now, more than nine years ago, a group of people began meeting in a place called Shades of Grace. And folks said, you can't do that. But guess what? God can. And if we are just willing participants, we'll be like those people I just read to you about in the gospel who said, well, what little bit we have can't possibly make that much of a difference. But we also know that little is much when God is in it. And your little bit, and your little bit, and your little bit, and all of our little bits can come together and be much in the kingdom of God. So we cannot remove the human equation from the story. We read about the miracles that Jesus did surrounding the bread and the fish. And I told you it's in all four Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John stories. And they each are told from a little bit of a different viewpoint because there are four different persons who were there and experienced it. And if you go home today from this place and uh, begin to talk about the service that we experienced here in worship, Brenda might have one thing that touched her heart today that she would talk about around the table, but maybe back here this person might have something totally different that touched him or her. And they'll talk about what touched their heart and challenged and inspired them. And so we read the accounts and put them all together and we have a more comprehensive story of what really did take place. But the solution of this story, no matter how many times you read it or whether you read it in one or all four of the gospel accounts, you're going to wind up with that same phrase, you do something. You feed them. You do something. You know, this was truly an event in Jesus' ministry and in the lives of the people. And we think about after all the people were fed, there were 12 baskets full left over. And I thought, well, how many disciples were there? 12. And God gave each of them a lunch to take home with them to prepare them for the night and the next day to come. We think about the compassion that Jesus must have had in this story that I'm talking about today because he had just received word that his beloved cousin, John, the one we refer to as John the Baptist, had been executed for his faith, for preaching. He had been decapitated and his head had been placed in a platter and set out at a, a big event that was going on in those who wanted to see him dead. You read about that story yourself, a very gory, bloody story. 
John the Baptist, the one who always said, I must decrease so God may increase in me. He died for his faith. How many times do we say that we suffer for our faith? I'm afraid not as often as maybe we could or even should. We must understand that it is a life of sacrifice. It is a life of giving. Do we know that it is more blessed to give than to receive? Or do we focus entirely upon our own lust and earthly feelings? Jesus was dealing with grief. <clears throat> Excuse me, just like I know some of you, and I won't call names, but I've known you, many of you I've known for a long time, many of you I've known for just a little while, but I know that there are people in this place today that are dealing with grief and sadness and loneliness because you've suffered losses and you understand what it's all about. And we talk about getting back, you know, to, to life, the new normal, as we say, but really, when Pastor Michelle was here with us, she coined a new term, a new reality. And isn't that really what it is? It becomes a new reality because nothing is really totally normal once we've gone through those kinds of tragedies and losses. So Jesus was experiencing that. And if you're grieving today and if you're heartbroken, Jesus understands because he's been there too. And the Bible says a contrite and broken spirit he will not despise and he has not despised. But his cousin had just died this horrible death of execution. And Jesus was trying to get away to focus internally a little bit and to, to deal with his own feelings. Because we think of Jesus who could do all things, and yes, he could, but still he was very human. Even though he was God at this time in his life, he was very human. And he was touched with the feelings of the same kinds of infirmities that you and I are touched with. I'm sure when he stumped his toe, he reacted just like we do, right? Yet without sin, okay? See where I'm going? But he was human. He understood pain. He understood rejection. He understood what it meant to be hated and despised. Jesus always sides with those who we refer to as the last, least, lost, and lonely. And if you're here today and you're in that category, know that Jesus loves you. The world may not remember your name, but Jesus knows who you are. And he cares very deeply about you. And so remember that even during his own grief, even during his own sadness, as he was going away to try to, to get a little bit of time for himself, the crowds had already watched him. They had seen him get in that little boat like that Carol and I rode in a few months ago. Maybe it wasn't quite as big as the boat we were on. But they had seen him get in the boat and start rowing across to the other side. 
You know, the widest point of the Sea of Galilee is only about seven or eight miles, you know, if you're looking at it from width, okay? It's longer, but as far as wide, it's only about seven or eight miles. And so they had seen how that they were rowing across, and so they just took the land route. They went around the curvature of the lake, and there they met him as Jesus got there to meditate and to pray and to be alone with the Father, all of a sudden he found out he was not alone. Have you ever had moments like that when you wanted to be alone and somehow you couldn't be alone at that time? And so Jesus was going through all of this personal grief and it says that he looked up to the Father and he prayed and he blessed the bread. You know, just those few loaves and few fish for the crowds. The crowd was getting bigger. It was expanding. It had been a long day. And Jesus knew that they were human just like himself. And the disciples were thinking more about the food. How many of you know that Jesus said, I have food that you know not of? That's what I want to know, right? I want to know what Jesus has for me that will sustain me when I cannot sustain myself. That's really the important thing. Come and dine, the master is calling. Come, I will give you food that you do not understand anything about. So the disciples said we need to send them away to McDonald's, but they couldn't see the double arch too far away and they couldn't find the BK we used to call it the BK lounge right have it your way so they were having all kinds of trouble that day and Jesus finally looked at him and said boys girls whoever you are cut it out stop making excuses stop waiting for somebody else to send them away Jesus said you do something yourself isn't that kind of like the world today? So much, even in the church world, even in Christendom, that, you know, people say, well, why doesn't somebody do something? Are you a somebody? Right? Somebody says, why doesn't the church do something in the world? Well, you are the church, and if you can find one or two more people that claims the name of Christ, you can do wonders. Have to give a little illustration, Betty, is that okay? Who was your friend that came with you Friday, Thursday? Nancy. Okay, they came in that pouring down rain. I mean, it was that driving kind of rain. And she says, um, we're bring, we've been shopping for shades and we're going back for another round. And so anyway, through all of that rain, both times, when they got ready to unload the car load, the rain stopped, didn't it? It, it let up long enough to unload the stuff. But she, she said, well, this is from the East Hawkins County Lions Club. Got to make sure I get that right. And I said, really? She said, yes, Nancy and I are the club. We're the only two left, right? Is that correct? They're the only two left in the club, so they wanted to use money. 
and bring it to Shades of Grace because that is a ministry near and dear to their heart. And that's how we operate. And so they did something. They could have said, well, the rest of the club is gone. They died. They passed away. It is no more. But they said, we too can make something happen. Isn't that a great story? We can make it happen. Just, well, there's another old song that says, me and Jesus. Now, I don't particularly like that song. It, it said, me and Jesus got our own thing going. But, you know, uh, I'm not quite. Do you know that one, Landon? I didn't think so. I, I'm glad you don't. Well, I mean, I guess I understand the point of the song. It says, me and Jesus got our own thing going, but we don't need anybody to tell us what it's all about. Let me say, we all need somebody to tell us what it's all about because we are community. We're not just lone rangers in the world, right? But we're called to be community, the body of Christ in the world. And so Jesus said, you give them something to eat and just like human nature every time God says for us to go on a mission or to do something there's always those among us who say well we can't afford that or we don't have enough resources well how in the world is that going to happen anybody relate to that ever been there and done that but then what about the person like the little boy who spoke up and said hey I've got just a couple of little fish and some little cathead biscuits. Will that make a difference? Will that help? And I would like to think in my own, as somebody said, holy imagination, because sometimes my imagination isn't holy. Can anybody say amen? But on those days when I truly exercise holy imagination, I can see people beginning to say, well, hey, He's got two fish and five biscuits. Hey, I've got more than that. I've got a whole satchel full. Because I can't imagine that there was 5,000 men plus the women and children, and then none of them came prepared out on the wilderness area that day. Surely somebody in the crowd more than just that little boy. But he was the one. It only takes a spark to get a fire going. And soon everybody around will warm up to its glory. Miss D, I forgot you was over there. <laughs> Am I going too fast? I'd never know it. Everybody on virtual congregation, if Miss D's telling the truth, give a great big wave to us, okay? And you can wave also. And I'm sure she's telling it like it is. Is she preaching good today? All right. I believe it. Y'all believe it, don't you? Right? There's always those in the crowd that say, what if, or but. But Jesus still says, you do it. And as Landon sang that song, I saw them feeding the hungry at Shades of Grace in Kingsport, Tennessee. That just rings true with my soul. And may that ever be a reality for us. Jesus says, you give them something neat. Now we know the rest of the story and we know that God will do what God will do and we do not take God out of the equation but think what great things happened that day when people got involved in God's economy and God began doing what God does 
and the people begin doing what people do, what wonderful things can take place. Amen? And so just imagine what wonderful things can happen in our lives when we're optimistic, when we say, I know that it can be done. We have time. Most of us have time, right? Well, we think we do. Somebody said, we think we all have a lot of time, but we don't know. We have no promise of that. But as far as we understand, we still have time. We're still breathing and walking around and living in the land of the living. We may have money. We may have energy, willingness, ability, and we exercise that with faith, love, and charity. Man, what wonderful things can happen. But when we're preoccupied with what we cannot do, God can never do what God wants to do in us. That's why John the Baptist had said, I must decrease. I must decrease so that the world can see more of Jesus. But just like the disciples in this story today, Jesus gives all of us something greater than even our best excuses. Aren't you glad for that? Have you ever been kind of reprimanded by the Holy Spirit for making excuses? You ever heard that old song, excuses, excuses, we make them every day. You know that one? He's heard it. He's heard it. Well, don't try to sing it, please. <laughs> we won't put you on the spot today. But it says, we make them every day. Oh, well, you know, excuses. But Jesus said, you give them something to eat. Maybe it's a neighbor having a hard time. Most of us have neighbors if we take the time to know them. They might be pretty good people. They may be waiting for us to make the move of saying, hey, I'm your neighbor. Maybe it's participating in Pastor Regina's Wednesday afternoon Bible study, which by the way, God willing, will resume this coming Wednesday and we remember her in our prayers. Or maybe starting a new prayer group or a new Bible study here at Shades of Grace. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. Amen. Don't pretend that you aren't capable or qualified or called. Because God calls the willing. There's a lot of people qualified and capable in the world, but their hearts are turned outward away from God. But just say, God, here I am. Whatever I have within me, use it for your kingdom's glory to respond to the needs around us. You know, yesterday, as we were having a short day, we try to wind up at noon or so on Friday, and I'm gonna use Becky over here for an example. But there was a young man came to the door, and I noticed immediately as he asked for something to eat that he was struggling, and he said, I'm in so much pain, I, I can't hardly breathe, I'm so much pain. And so I began inquiring of him, What's going on? He said, I was stabbed last Saturday. And so we, as Mikey says, we continue to communicate. 
And I said, step inside the door for just a moment. And he came in. Becky was in the building. Jimmy was here. He sat down back there. He was so weak he could really hardly even stand on his feet. He was homeless. He was wearing a backpack. But he lifted, he struggled so much to lift up his shirt. And we saw this massive scar coming all the way down. I mean, really. And he did have staples holding it together. So we know that he had been seen in the hospital and probably still needs to be in the hospital as I see Jimmy and Becky shaking their head in the affirmative. But we all know that doesn't always happen because sometimes there is justice and sometimes there is so-called justice in the world, right? And sometimes money can buy lots of things that folks with money cannot get. So I feel like he needed more care, but he sat back there and, it, and we saw that massive scar and uh, he was suffering, wasn't he, Becky? And I don't know what Becky ended up doing because we were busy, but I know she got a, a bandage of some sort and tried to, to put around him here just a little bit. And I, I told him, I said, go ahead and trust her. She's a nurse. She said, I'm not a nurse, but I play one on TV. <laughs> but she is actually, what is your, you were a respiratory therapist, right? So, well, in my opinion, that's a nurse. How about you, Miss D? Especially if you're having trouble breathing, that'd be a good nurse to have, right? And he was having trouble breathing, so you were the right nurse for him yesterday. But pray for that young man. We see him every day when he comes by, sometimes to get a shower, sometimes to pick up a meal. But he's struggling. There are so many struggling people in the world. And we can make a difference. We can feed them. So let's be amazed by the story today. Let's wonder about the miracle of Jesus. There's a lot of it that we don't read about, and that's where your holy imagination can come in. But it didn't happen without the participation of the disciples who were willing to take Jesus at his word and begin to set the people down on the grassy hillside. Let's hear Jesus' words today one more time. You feed the people. You give them something to eat. And let's realize that we all can do it and we have what we need to make it happen. You know, Shades of Grace, last month for the month of July, Jimmy might need to help me out here, but we broke our record for the number of meals that we served for the month. For the month of July, 2,108 meals we served right here in this place. Can you give the Lord thanks for that, right? And that only happens because of people just like Betty and Nancy, or any of you, I won't begin names, but many of you who volunteer here, whether it's manning the showers for the women or whether it's making sandwiches or whatever you do, uh, it takes a community together to make it happen. But we are feeding the people. We are working to see the kingdom of God come near. And we do that because of God's great love shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We are the called ones of Jesus Christ to help the kingdom of God come near. Making disciples of Jesus Christ for transformation of the world. Now I've been telling you over and I'm winding this part up. I've been telling us 
for months now that I think for all, far too long the church, when I say the church, I say the church in general, not a denomination, just people who name the name of Christ, have tried to make disciples little clones of ourselves, of who we are. Well, you know, you get it like I got it, then you got it, right? Not. But haven't we been guilty of that? Of saying, you know, this is how you got to do it. And let me tell you, there are going to be a whole lot of surprises when we get to glory. Amen. And hallelujah, I plan to get to glory. Do you? Amen. Hallelujah. I believe, hey, you said that song that Jesus came along and made me want to shout. I just felt like I was going to have a shouting spell. <laughs> Praise the Lord. How many are glad you came to worship today? Amen. Give the Lord praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo. Oh, I got to tell you that, hey, my scotcher is back. Amen. But let me tell you this little story. I haven't told it for a long time, and we got a whole different congregation than we had a few years ago. But this little lady was in the high church. Now, she was Methodist. And she went to the uptown church where they have all the bells and whistles and stained glass and, but, you know, all the really nice stuff for worship, things that point us to who Jesus is. You know, everything that's used in worship points us to God and for God's love. But this little lady was kind of dignified, and she'd never been known to show much emotion in the church. But as she went out the door that day, she went to give the pastor a fist bump, or a handshake and she said pastor I love that today I just it just made me feel like shouting he said well sister go ahead and shout and guess what she did Woo. that's a start right can you give it a start <laughs> okay all right have you had fun all right, let's move on. We're doing a couple of things really special here today. And um, we're going to remain seated as we read some things together. And then I know that Christian is going to be coming up and reaffirming his baptismal vows today and a rededication. And as we go through this uh, liturgy, these words, if you feel that you need to, to be a part of that when I ask for Christian to come forward, then you just follow right in behind him, okay? He's the guy with the white hat back there, okay? On the back, with the great big smile. So uh, we're going to read this together, and all of us are going to do this, because this is our communal effort as the church, at professing our faith and confessing our sins as well. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift, offered to us without price. Through the reaffirmation of our faith, we renew the covenant declared at our baptism, acknowledge what God is doing for us, and affirm our commitment to God's holy church. 
And I want all of you, when you see the red letters, just respond, okay? On behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of the world, and repent of your sin? Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? According to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church? Now notice, I didn't say shades of grace because, first of all, we do not have membership, okay? We know we are the body of Christ, but you, when I say a member of Christ's holy church, are you going to faithfully serve and live for Jesus as God's representatives in the world? Let us join together in professing the Christian faith as contained in the Holy Scriptures. Do you believe in God the Father? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? We do have water today in our font that we will be using to bless those who come forward and we offer thanksgiving to God for the gift of water. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set the clouds in a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. Go ahead. I think what happened, some of you had your eyes closed praying and you fell asleep on me, okay? <laughs> Let's say that singing part one more time. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Tell of God's mercy each day. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. 
pour out your Holy Spirit, and by this gift of water, call to our remembrance the grace declared to us in our baptism. For you have washed away our sins, and you clothe us with righteousness throughout our lives, that through death and resurrection with Christ, we may share in his final victory. All praise to you, Eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, and with you and the Holy Spirit, lives and reigns now forever. Amen. Remember your baptism and be thankful. The Holy Spirit work within you, that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may live as faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. We give thanks for all that God has already given us as members of the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church. We will faithfully participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Now the God of all grace who has called us to eternal glory in his son Jesus, establish and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit that you may live in grace and peace. Now those who are coming forward today, I know Christian is going to lead the way, but others who wish to come, please come at this time.
Anybody need a towel? We have all kinds of towels here, and I didn't offer them to you, but, you know, I wanted you to remember the wetness, okay? But thanks be to God, we had three persons who celebrated the first time baptism in their life on their profession of faith today, okay? And the rest of you were renewals of your baptism. What a great celebration. Amen? Okay, so um, offering thanks to God. We had two persons baptized earlier this year who came to us from the streets. So giving thanks that this is five persons who have been baptized on their profession of faith for the very first time in life. Give the Lord thanks one more time. All right. Thanks be to God. All right, Landon. Oh, could you, is it possible for you to do He Came Looking for Me? You know, I just love this song. We're going to conclude the service with this, but this is, uh, we, we're still going to do Holy Communion, and we're going to do that a little bit different today. So as Landon sings, I'm going to have, the, now how many of you have your little cup? Do you have your cup and the wafer? I want you to have it ready. You're going to come by just like they did here today. And you're going to, um, to come by, and I'm just going to lay my hand upon your shoulder and bless you. And then you receive your elements for communion, and the service will be concluded at that point. Okay, this is our final act of worship. But I'm going to just land, let Landon sing that because it means so much to me. As you begin to make your way. One night while old life's raging sea. Looked as if I would suffer defeat as the blackness of night closed all the light. My heart sank with fear. My desperate cries rang out with fright. All I could see was no home in sight. With faith all but gone, I met the
Who came looking for me? 